bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! Okay, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hive Sports. We have a lot to get through today on the last week of, of high school football. But first, I'd just like to remind you all, if you're not already doing so, to follow us at, at the Hive Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also on Facebook. Um, we're the Hive Sports. And we have the buzz on all of your high school sports. Um, we, al- we also cover college and and pro, but um, right now with a lot of the college being out, we've amped up our high school. And with that out of the way, I'd like to present a guest that covers a lot of high school sports in the state, Moose Bingham. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I love what you guys are doing on the Hive, and it's pretty cool. Just excited to be on here and see what we can get talking about. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, um, so Moose, I, I, I saw... Because so I, I, I follow a lot of high school stuff, and I'm just trying to get to know more people in the state. And, and I actually talked to my buddy, Matt Harris, who – so Matt, Matt, he's been covering the 2A, 3A stuff for us. Um, he did he covered a Beaver last week. I, I mean, I mean you probably have heard they're, they're just killing it down there um, in, in the yeah, central Utah. Yeah, there's great dudes at Beaver. <laughs> like, I really love what's happening at Beaver. I was just going over their game, Creighton Hauling said, Absolutely killed it. 143 yards rushing and three touchdowns. And then Brighton Langston, 10 tackles and a sack. I mean, they have some good things going down there at Beaver. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you, you, you follow – I could probably rattle off any game and you could probably tell me. It sounds like you, you follow a lot of the, the games in the state and there's a lot of – I think Utah does a really good job at covering high school sports. and. You, uh, a lot of it you can stream. Sometimes some of the games are hard to get, but um, a lot of the Central Utah, there's Centricom and Desert News does a good job. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, my Matt was telling me I when he was at Snow, I think he said you were the the kicker there and you had some good 50 yard kicks and and our, <laughs> and from what I saw in your Twitter bio, like you not only cover high school sports, but don't you kind of help train people that are that are like kickers or, or certain positions? Yeah, so I actually, I I do a lot of different things, to be honest with you. So I run a company called War Room. We actually help um, high school coaches and colleges. I work with, like, top colleges like BYU, Virginia, Cal, AB, um, uh, Texas A&M, schools all over the country, and we help them with their recruiting. We help them with their roster management, equipment management, scholarship management, do a lot of stuff like that. We can even personality test kids' social media. The other thing I do is I help high schools with their equipment management. Um, we allow them to use our platform for text messaging. We do a lot of different things, and we help little schools, big schools. We have about 40% of the high schools in the state of Utah, and I've got schools from California to um, Michigan on it, or Maine. I mean, we've got Maine, Florida, all over but the newest thing I just launched that should help the kids in the state of Utah, whether you're at a 2A school or a 6A school, is called College Football Boot Camp. Basically, it teaches everyone the recruiting game, so they're not going into it blind, and they can get to the best college possible. It helps them understand what college coaches are looking for, how to create a huddle film, 
how to do everything that they would know if they went through the process. And we keep it at a super cheap price. A lot of people for programs similar to ours charges up to $3,000. We only charge $99 because I think it's imperative that these kids get this knowledge and get their recruiting done and get going with that. So that's a couple of things I do. I also train kickers and I co-host ESPN 960 with Ben Criddle once a week as well. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome. So do you, do you do that just for you kind of cover the high school scene with him, or do you do some BYU stuff with him? So I was the on-campus recruiting coordinator at BYU. So a lot of the kids that are playing right now, I actually helped recruit and get them to commit to BYU. So I had a lot of fun there at BYU. They have a great staff, great people. I also played football at Utah, and like you said, Snow College. That's where I actually ended my career before I got injured. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and. I saw. I also saw. Do you host like a prep, a Utah preps podcast as well? Yeah. So I do the Utah preps podcast. I record once a week. We go over the top players at each game, and we try to get them some exposure. So all the colleges that follow me and are interested in what's going on in the state of Utah can see what guys are doing stuff. And then we also talk about different recruiting strategies and different things that you guys can do to help get your name out and do a lot of things in that area because a lot of these players, they just don't know how to get recruited. They think if they are all state that they'll get a scholarship offer, and that's not necessarily true. And a lot of these kids, they're like, I'm going to go to Utah, and that's the end all be all. But the harsh reality is Utah will only offer maybe tops eight kids from the state of Utah every single year. BYU, maybe 10, and Utah State, maybe like 12. But with that, there's some crossover. So the same kids getting offers from Utah are probably the same kids getting offers from BYU and Utah State. So you have to be in the top 2% of the state if you want a major Division One offer. But there's plenty of other schools to go to. I mean, Weaver, SUU, Dixie has a phenomenal staff that I coached with when they were at Snow. Snow College is awesome. And there's so many opportunities outside the state. I just want these um, prep athletes to understand what's going on in the recruiting game so they can get their college paid for and not have that burden on themselves and their family and set themselves up for success through football and don't have football shut doors on them. Yeah, that's awesome because, yeah, from what I've seen, because I've I've covered a lot of different schools, and, and I mean, yeah, some of the bigger schools, like, yeah, Corner Canyon, some of those schools are getting a lot of kids with offers, but if you're not one of those schools, if if you're in 2A or 3A, it's, it's pretty probably pretty hard to get offers from those top schools. So I think a lot of people appreciate definitely what you're doing to help kids because um, it sounds like there's opportunities out there. They just have to kind of seize the moment. Um, yeah. But I, I, I just want to um, let so all these people that are listening to the podcast, um, where can they find you on social media to learn to learn more about this? So I'm at MooseB90 on Twitter. That's the to be honest with you. I also have another account. It's at WarRoom1 or at WarRoom underscore one. If you guys want to check that out, not as active. But if you guys have any recruiting questions or anything like that, I can help you out. 2A and 3A, it is totally possible to get those major Division One scholarships because you have guys like uh, Jan Jorgensen that came out of Carbon. He's the all-time sack leader in the Mountain West to this day. And you guys have to be going to camps and you have to be having your huddle updated. 
and you have to be communicating with the college coaches. But first of all, you have to be, one, balling out, and two, have the right measurables so that these college coaches can really understand that you're going to be an asset to them and what they're trying to do because you guys can have just as much success as anyone at Corner Canyon or any other school. It just depends on how you market yourself, and that's really why I created Boot Camp to teach these kids how to do that. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's that's really great what you're doing. I I hadn't heard about it before, but I'm I'm glad I kind of got on there and and started following it a little bit more. Um, so you you said that you followed the um the the Beaver game, and and they're on a a pretty big win streak. So so we yeah we had Matt cover them and. I think that, yeah, they've won 20, 21 straight. And I covered another game where Skyview, I think they haven't lost in over 400 days. And, and so I'm a Logan High Grizzly, and so I was there back in the days of Severo. So we kind of had our okay. turn where we won, like, about four or five championships. And then now it's kind of Skyview's turn. They're taking the mantle, and they won last year, and they're on a big streak. And probably doesn't look like they'll be challenged too much until the playoffs. But um, what – well, the crazy so, thing for Skyview is the kids that they had transfer in, like Isaac Larson. That kid is a true shutdown corner, and it's fun to see him there. And unfortunately, he left Logan, I believe, to go to Skyview. <laughs> so sorry about that. But Skyview has a lot of good things going for him. Beaver has a lot of good things going for him. But there's some other teams that I think could challenge them as well. That I wouldn't be surprised if they end up did lose a game within this year. Yeah, I think they have like one or two more games. I I know they they did get tested quite a bit by the the RPI number two. I think was in their same region or, or it was up their ridge line. Barely lost to mm-hmm. them and up up there in the valley. But but yeah, it's cool. It and sounds like you you follow um, high schools from up from Logan down to St. George. Do, do, do you follow a lot of high schools around with your business and what you're you've been doing? Yeah, so I I follow all the schools. I try to get as good relationships as I can with these coaches and understand their philosophy and understand what they're doing to get kids out and get them recruited. And I even will go in this off season. I'm going to start going to high schools and having little conferences to answer all the recruiting questions. And I'll go to any school, whether it's Desert Hills or Farmington or Sky Ridge I don't, or Skyview. I don't care. Because I'm luckily I'm centrally located, but I have to keep a good pulse on what's going on in high school football, and I seem to do a decent job of it. I can always do better, but just got to keep trying my best with that stuff, you know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So I, I'm not sure how many games you go to, but I I'm kind of been trying to decide what games to cover this week. Because I mean, I I usually cover four to six day. Um, I might cover a couple more this week. Um. And because yeah, Matt, Matt he always does a good job, but but yeah, I might be covering some more for him. Um, so the the ones I see is you have in six day we have the RPI one and two playing the undefeated Sky Ridge and Corner Canyon. Um, from that oh, game, Sky yeah, Ridge you, lost this week though. They lost to Lone Peak just barely. Oh, so the quarterback no, went down and had a had a scary um, injury. But I think that Sky Ridge Corner Canyon game is absolutely phenomenal. Looking at Sky Ridge's D-line, if they get their quarterback back, it'll be a crazy, crazy 
intense game. Smith Snowden is one of the best cornerbacks in the entire state. Um, I love Stone Muitolo and the Ross kid on the D-line. I mean, the Omaha kid that transferred from Bingham to Sky Ridge is absolutely a beast. And I like the running back, Jeter Fenton, and I also like their wide receiver. But Corner Canyon, like you know, just as well as anyone, they're a juggernaut right now. They're fast. They're well-disciplined. Their old line is one of the toughest I've seen. I mean, from that old line, I think at least three of those guys should be going D1 this year. And we've got Jackson Light, of course, but their left tackle and their right guard are just phenomenal with the Mangum kid. And I forgot the left tackle's name right now, but there's some great talent in the Salt Lake Valley. But we got to get guys going. These college recruiters not just staying in the Salt Lake Valley and the Utah County. We need to get them going to Logan and understand the talent that's going on up there as well because there's some kids up in Logan that I think have – they're just as good, if not better, than some of the kids that are getting recruited in the Salt Lake and Utah County. But they just need to market themselves a little bit better. Yeah, uh, like in Logan, you, um, from what I um, read and talked to the coaches up there, it seems like Utah State like gets a, a lot of the guys up there because it's just really close, it's easy to go to the games and kind of um, get a pulse on that. And, and you're right, there there are a couple of guys that are getting strong looks up there because they're doing really well. And I think when BYU and Utah, if they're at the top of their game, if if they hear about some of these kids that you're talking about, I'm sure that that there'll be some more competition to to get some of these kids. Um, yeah. yeah, and there should be. I mean, the, you've got the Damuni kid up there is an absolute stud. A few years ago, you had Levani Damuni. I think that um, uh, the Falseless kid last year from Skyridge, he was one of my favorite players to watch. Or Skyview, sorry. The Falseless kid was one of my favorite players to watch in the entire state. And there's just so much talent up north that we got to really help these kids get out there because I don't want to see them just go walk on at Utah State when they have the ability to be a scholarship player. And I'd like to have Utah State's hands forced so that these guys are getting scholarships from all over and not just have to do walk-on opportunities at Utah State. Yeah, that makes sense because, yeah, we want them to get their college paid for and and it's like a full-time job from what I've heard from people that, that, that do that because, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that'd be hard to just do that for free. And it's like a internship, but it's like, it, it's just mentally and physically taxing. So, um, yeah, when I played at Utah, so I played at Utah 12 to 13, I would have to leave my house at 5 a.m. I go 5 a.m. I'd get to the facility by 5:50, be on the field by 5:55 go through a full workout six to eight then i'd get some kicking in eight to nine then i'd go to class nine to about two and then at three o'clock we had weightlifting till five then five to six we grabs or five like five fifteen grab some food really quick and then 45 minutes of film study then from there you'd have to go to um oh what did we go to study hall and get all of our homework done and then i drive back home get home by about 9 o'clock and wake up the next day and do it all again. And that's your life as a college football player. Everyone sees Saturdays, but they don't see the Monday through Friday grinds, January, February, March, April, May, June, you know. And that's what these kids are signing up for, and I want to make sure that they know that they're ready for a job. But 
really walking out of college with $1,500 a month or $1,800 a month instead of paying and being $80,000 in debt, you're setting yourself up, right? And you're using football to really propel yourself to get top-of-the-line jobs, to do top-of-the-line things and really set yourself apart from everyone else. And I think that's a really valuable thing to do with your time as a young man right now and make the connections you need to to really get a business connections or science connections or whatever you want to do. And you have the athletic ability that everyone's wanting to kind of help cultivate at that point, and they want to help cultivate you into the best man possible. And so I think college football is the best way to help get yourself to the next level in this life, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's a grind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know firsthand, definitely. But yeah, um yeah, thanks for doing what you're doing with with these kids and, and I hope that we'll see a lot of them continue to have success and not only have success but get noticed because um from what I've seen, yeah, once in a while I remember in basketball a couple of times Stu Morrill, when he was at the Aggies, he would come to some of the games. But, um, like, being out there in some of those towns, it seems like it's hard to get coaches to come to games just because they're, like you said, maybe they're focused too much in the big cities that they miss some of these really talented kids. And I, I mean, I've seen a couple, like, in Logan, Riley Nelson, he, he was really good. But, I mean, BYU didn't really notice him until his freshman year at Utah State and on his mission they kind of um, – got in touch and that was an interesting story because um everybody mm -hmm. in logan thought that um byu kind of just poached <laughs> they're kind of bitter because they thought byu just poached him but he actually reached out to them and kind of like what you're saying he kind of put himself out there because at the time utah state was kind of struggling so he's he was trying to evaluate his options and and there was um some an opportunity for him and he was able to start and do some things at byu yeah and there's interesting kids right now that no one's even talking about. I mean, like Casey Jones at Bear River is a kid that I think is phenomenal. I mean, not this weekend, but the weekend before, he had 226 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 37 yards receiving, nine tackles and a sack. Kid comes in about 6'2", 6'3", and about 220 pounds. I mean, that's a Division One player right there that should be getting looks from everyone because he has the size, he has the measurables, he has the stats to back himself up but no one's really talking about him, and that's kind of interesting, and he's a kid that I would love to help out get to the next level, you know. Even Jackson Dart, like, when he was at Roy last year, no one was really talking about him, and now everyone's on the Jackson Dart bandwagon. I mean, heck, I'm driving the train, but <laughs> he's a stud, and there's so many opportunities for these kids. It's not just D1. There's plenty of Division II schools, 1AA schools, that would love to have kids and thrive on having kids that are from these small towns. Like there's the Montana, Montana State, that if you reach out to those coaches, they love kids from Logan because they don't have to worry about the kids being bored and being like there's nothing to do because what's fun about Logan and Cache Valley is a lot of the kids from that area, they're creative, they create their own fun, and they have a good time doing it, and they don't get into trouble. They're really respectful kids and up at dawn to get – whatever done they need to a lot of them are farmer kids and those are the type of kids you look for the kids you don't have to worry about like when i coached in college well i still coach at snow but i always look for kids that i don't have to worry about and they do what they're told and they listen to technique and instruction and when they do that we 
get a much better product on the field because everyone's bought in. And I think that's what the Cash Valley kids bring to the table. Yeah, that's that's cool what you're doing. Um, you said you coach at Snow, so one thing I was talking with Matt about is we definitely I feel like like not just the coaches, but sometimes I feel like media. I'm not saying all or or, or which media, but in, in general, we tend to focus on the Utes, the Aggies, the Cougars. Um, mm-hmm. we, we definitely would, would like to focus more on the Snow Colleges and Dixie State out there. So, um, yeah, if there's ever any opportunities, we'd love to um cover that stuff and let and like you said some of these these um going off on some of the people you talked about like casey jones like i I know that logan just barely beat barabin barabin is not the best team right now but like you're saying that there's a lot of good players that just with social media they need to use those huddle profiles and get recognized for sure yeah so it's it's interesting like a lot of times, especially with Corona, you don't know what's going on in recruiting offices. So sometimes, like when I was on the recruiting staff at BYU from 15 to 17, and then I even did it as a player too from 13 to 15. <laughs> but um, there'd be kids that we wanted to go after, but we didn't have room on the roster at that position, and that could be what's happening with Casey, where it's like we would love to offer you, but we're already full on our linebacker spots. That's why it's risky when kids decide not to commit early to their quote-unquote dream school because they sit there and they're like, oh, if I wait for this offer, this offer, where another kid comes and takes that scholarship offer that's been offered to both of them, and the school will be committed to the kid that committed to them first. But the other thing is people might just not know about him because he is at Bear River. They don't have the strongest team this year. But they're very good, and I think they've got kids that work hard. And sometimes teams have multiple superstars that can throw the team on their back, and sometimes they don't. But if Casey had another partner in crime or two, I think Bear River would be up for championship-type ball. But it's just very difficult to get those things when, let's be honest, you can't recruit in high school football, and you can't get the kids that you really – want and sometimes they just go to other schools and there's nothing you can do about that you know yeah that makes sense like yeah it's not I forget I mean it's against the rules to recruit so definitely um I, I don't know how much goes on with with that but but yeah um but and, and some of the times like you said Jackson Dart and some of the people I've spoken with like like they might not be in a system that that allows them to just rack up a bunch of stats and it sounds like Casey Jones had some good stats last week but I think like you said um last year at Jack at Roy Jackson wasn't getting noticed and now he's in a system where he's like doing really well and he's getting noticed um mm-hmm. another guy I covered or I actually had him on the podcast once Trevor Levitt he's actually uh, the cousin of Dallin Levitt who plays for the Aggies is in the yeah. NFL but um he yeah he played with Dallin at BYU He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he's cool. Well, I've never met him but um but yeah, he ended up going to Utah State and then um talked to squad yeah. for the Raiders. But um Trevor Levitt. He just was got that. called up this last week in fact. So oh yeah. Super that's happy for awesome. him. Yeah. What's cool about happy. that is you get paid four times as much when you're on active roster versus practice squad. Oh yeah. And so instead of good. making like instead of making like eight or nine thousand dollars 
a week. I think he's going to make like 45 or so. So it's really exciting that he got called up and good for him and his family. And even his little brother is a quarterback at PG right now, transferred from Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I covered that game. I guess he he kind of struggled a couple of weeks ago. They they were playing a uh, yeah, it was Sky Ridge. So, um, but mm-hmm. but I mean he, he's he's a good player too. And 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 he and McKay Hill said that they're underclassmen, so um, there's still plenty of time for them to build their um, recruiting. But I yeah. was gonna say, um, Dallin Levitt's cousin Trevor. I was talking to him on and about how he ended up running track at BYU, and I guess he did football and he was he um down was bigger and tougher than him in some of the BYU um football camps but he was really fast but he was on a team where it was like more of a pass heavy so like and maybe Jackson Dart last year was on more of a run heavy so it's just it I feel like the system does play a part into it but because like sometimes if they're not looking at the huddle films they're looking at maybe i don't know you probably know more than me but maybe one of recruiters kind of be looking at like box scores and if they look at a box score it's hard to see the measurables that some of these recruits have so it depends on the school so most schools you'll have a position coach that's an area coach over a certain area and they're responsible for like let's say i'm at byu and you've got like hard youngas in charge of logan valley so he should be owning that, and he'd have a recruiting assistant that would be watching all those games, looking for different guys, and doing all the, that stuff. But the other thing is, if these kids aren't in a system that plays to their strengths, and they're really a Division One type player, the coach will adjust and make it so that his offense runs to the kid's strength. If the kid's not a Division One player and a game changer, then they're not going to do that. So even though Jackson Dart was putting up good numbers at Roy last year. It was hard for him to get recruited because he didn't push himself out enough, but he started doing that. He started going and training with John Beck. John Beck would push his film out and all these other places. And so when coaches talk to each other, John Beck would call BYU and be like, hey, this kid's good. You know, like look at this film when we were training. So who your trainer is is really interesting as well. I mean, I have schools call me all the time about some of the kickers in the state, and I'm like, hey, this kid's great. I trust him. If my life's on the line and my coaching job's on the line and we're at 50-plus, take him. And some other kickers, I'm like, I probably would stay away from him right now until I can work with him a little bit and we can get his mental game down or get his leg strength up or get his technique up, and then we can go. But it's always interesting in what college coaches look for. I mean, some college coaches I've talked to, they're like, I won't touch a kid unless he's this height and runs this hundred. Other coaches are like, I care about production. Other coaches care about how he is in the classroom and other things like that and those other two things. But you just have to set yourself up for the best opportunity to get into college because you might not necessarily go to the college that is your dream college because, like, when I was a, coming out of high school, some of the schools I wanted to go to, they already had a kicker on scholarship. When I got home from my mission at Utah, there was Andy Phillips. We were the same year. I'm not going to stay at Utah when you've got an All-American kicker that's an NFL leg because they're not going to pull him to put me in. So I had to look for a different opportunity and just make sure that 
I was set to go to the next level if I played my cards right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because yeah, I, I've always thought about like oh, because I I did running or cross country track in high school, but I've always thought like right. oh, like if I was a five star recruit, like maybe I'd want to go to like well, I mean I love the Aggies, but um, let's be honest, like maybe Ohio State or Alabama, like some of those schools, but like they're getting five star star guys, so you kind of have to readjust your expectations um the depend based on what's available and what your skills are so that definitely makes sense mm-hmm. and track's a great but, sport because it's just numbers like you can't be biased with num. well i guess you can a little bit but it's just like okay what was your hundred okay you ran a 10-6 great welcome to our team we've got a 50 percent scholarship you know like whatever it is i don't know how fast you ran hopefully it was faster than that Oh yeah, well, well, yeah. I, I was a distance runner, so I, I definitely wasn't doing the the speed stuff. But yeah, but yeah, it was fun in high school. But um, but yeah, you're definitely right. There's not much with that one other than maybe if you run at elevation or sea level, that like maybe they factor that in. But but um, other than that, um, yeah, that makes sense. I guess would. Yeah, uh, college football is a different beast, and you're actually taking a lot of kids too. The one hard thing with track is even if you get a scholarship, it might not be a full ride scholarship. It's a percentage scholarship based off of Title IX. Where football, if you go like D1 to like a BYU, Utah, Utah State, those are full scholarships. But one AA's, they have I think 65 scholarships to spread around 85 guys. So even if you go to a Dixie State, a Weaver, an FUU, you're not guaranteed a full-ride scholarship there, which is always interesting. But you yeah, can get one depending on how good you are. That makes sense because, yeah, I've seen those videos where they, like, give a scholarship to, like, maybe a guy who's been a walk-on for a while and then everybody goes crazy, and that that's always cool to see um, them earn it because they have to go through a lot more. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember – even last year, one guy I followed, Eric Munoz, he he yep. was talking about how it was kind of hard just being a walk-on for forever, and then he got a chance. And he, I went to the Wyoming game where he just balled out and got a ton of tackles, and then I think, I remember it was before or right after that, but he got a scholarship and got his final year paid for. So it's nice that um, even if you are a walk-on, there's still chances that you'll get at least some of your college paid for. Well, there's huge chances. You just have to – well, here's the reality. Every school has about 120 guys on the team. Sometimes it goes to about 126. But you got to realize 85 of those guys are scholarship, and then the other X amount of guys are fighting for those scholarships. But of the guys that are brought in on scholarship, usually about 50% of them don't end up graduating from the school when they were brought into some of them will get be an academic casualty. Some of them will do something stupid and possibly get arrested and get their scholarship pulled. Some of them will enter the transfer portal. And so there's always an opportunity for you to get a scholarship, especially if you're going to class, you've got good grades and all that stuff. I mean, when I was at Utah, Tom Hackett, Andy Phillips, myself, um, everyone, not one of us were on scholarship. But by the end, every single one of us, no matter where we went, got a full-ride scholarship somewhere, you know. 
And so that yeah, was always interesting to see the battle of a walk-on to take the scholarship of someone that was on the team. And it's very competitive in college. It's no joke. And if these guys, after they leave high school, aren't going at it like it's a job, aren't doing the things even in high school. So it, it makes me laugh when kids are like, yeah, I'm going to go to college. I'm like, are you the hardest worker on your team? And they're like, yeah. And then I'll pull out a kid. I'll be like, what about this kid? What about it? like a Casey Jones? Are you a harder worker than him? No, he's a way harder worker. Yeah, that's why that kid's going to go to college and you're not. Like, I can look at a kid's body composition and be like, you don't get up early. Kids think that if you go to practice, that's good enough. And that's not factual. I mean, the guys that play D1 are kind of like a Porter Gustin who plays for the Browns now, where before school, 5 a.m., they're in the weight room. They go to school, they go to practice, and then they hit the weight room again. And they're sleeping. They're doing everything right on and off the field. And that's how you become a top college prospect and be part of the 1% where I'll be honest with guys, a lot of guys, they don't do that. And so they're not part of the top echelon of football players and they don't really love football. They love the game or the recruiting game or they love like the game of like high school football. They love the recruiting game, but they're not quite ready for college football where it really is a job and you're dealing like if I miss a kick in college, my coach loses his job, you know? I had players where I had to be like, okay, we're going with this kid for this situation, this kid for this situation, because that's when I trust them. And it's just very interesting to watch and see what different kids do and how they react under that pressure, because that's the real world. And if you can't hack it, I'm going on to the next kid. And that's the reality. Like right now at Snow, I have four kickers that can kick 60-plus yard field goals. I have four at Snow College. I've got a punter that's Six five, two ten. He can rip off a seventy yard punt. We have to do it more consistent because he's a little seventy and then a thirty. But if I can get these yeah. kids to where they need to be, they'll end up at the top colleges in the entire country. I mean, I had a walk on kid last year, fought and clawed his way. We got him a full ride to Missouri State, and he had a forty seven yard field goal in his last game. My kicker the year before that, he's at Dixie, got a scholarship there. And I think he's on full ride now. So all the kids that come through my program, I want to make sure that they have the opportunity to go D1 and understand that this is a real game changer for them where they won't have debt when they come out of college. And that's what I need. I need these kids to be able to be contributing members to society and be able to do all the things that they need to to help the next generation after I'm gone. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you mentioned about the work ethic. Like I think I've noticed that in um in football and basketball, like for me in in running, I I noticed that in in there there's some kids that just did it because like it was a club or just something for fun, but like for me, like I took it really serious and and ran extra like before school like you said or after or practice and I think that those results kind of speak for themselves like that was able to help me, and and I think it's probably the same in all sports. You have to put in the work. I I always thought, oh, I kind of want to be a basketball player, but then I realized, okay, I'm not putting enough work in it, and maybe I don't have the natural talent in that. So I kind of really worked <laughs> at running, and 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 that was that was cool. But um, I agree with you. I think um, you have to work hard, and and what you're doing is you're helping kids get noticed. So. So that's that's great what you're doing for 
Um, and yeah. I think that's, that's that's some interesting stuff to hear because you don't hear about some of these kids at Stone College that are but that's amazing. Sixty yard field goals. I mean, you you see on on at the NFL level, there's people that struggle with field goals. I remember the Bears kicker a couple of years ago. He struggled, but um, it's it's kind of a unique position where, like you said, it's a lot of it is mental. Yeah, it is, but you have to do everything you can to get ahead of the curve. So in the 1970s, there wasn't one college lifting program. And then in the late 70s, Nebraska started a lifting program so that they could get muscles. I mean, a lot of these coaches were scared that their players were going to be muscle-bound. And what's also interesting in the 70s, in the NFL, there was one guy in the entire 1970s that weighed over 300 pounds. Now I look at high school teams, and they've got kids. I mean, my high school team, the average across the board was 6'4", 290 for my line when I was coming out of high school at Alpha in 2010. But it's crazy the amount of things. So everyone's doing weightlifting programs now. But the interesting thing is I like to see what other kids are doing to get ahead of the game. The sports psychology, meeting with guys like Ryan Jen, uh, Riley Jensen, Craig Manning, I like to see what other steps these guys are taking. One of the biggest assets that I've seen is uh, Skylar Maine for recovery and some of the things he's doing is really, really interesting, helping kids with their running form and teaching them what muscle groups to use above and beyond training. He's a chiropractor that works with guys like Juju Smith that just moved into the area. There's some amazing things going on in the sports world that's really made it into a science, how much effort you're getting, how much sleep you're giving. All of these things equate into getting a good college football player or high school football player. So it's fun to see. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Cause, yeah, like sleep and a lot of that stuff. I I know that that definitely helps like when you don't get a good sleep or – or, or even just those little things, um, you're losing an, an advantage. So, so that, 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 yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's cool. What's going on? But um, yeah, and I feel bad. That it. kicker you talked about was Cody Parkey. He was actually in my uh, class. I kicked against him. So I'd go to national kicking competitions, and he was the number one kicker in our class. He went to uh, Auburn, and he was actually a really nice. Yeah. Kid, but the Bears kicker that missed a bunch. But yeah, mentally is having a time. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely yeah, it, it can be tough. But um, yeah. that, that's cool what you're doing, and um, definitely it would be cool to. And are you are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay, I I I. So yeah, anyways, I was saying that um yeah it it was fun having you on the podcast and and definitely um there's so much we could talk about but we'd love to have you on again sometime and and we yeah. can talk some more about some of the some of the schools in the in the state and some of the games where we got the state playoffs coming and but it was cool to hear this episode usually when i first meet someone and i like to introduce them on the episode and have them get to know kind of what they're about and so it's cool. Uh, like I haven't really met anybody before that's done this much for for sports in the state, like specifically for youth football. So, so that that was that was cool to talk to you about that. 
Yeah, it's been a blast. Anytime you want me to come on, just let me know and we can figure something out. All right. Thanks, Moose. You have a good day. You too. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.